Welcome to the Iceman Kicking Podcast. It's the show with cold questions and even cooler guests. I'm your host, Coach Brett Arkellian. This is the pilot episode. Uh, before we get into anything, uh, first a word from our sponsors. This show is brought to you by The Kicker's Bible. The Kicker's Bible. Do you want to learn the ins and outs of kicking from NFL kickers? Ever wondered how many kicks you should be doing per day? Uh, the perfect long snapping technique for tossing a 6-5 ball on the hip every time, you need the Kicker's Bible. It provides specialists with the ultimate guide containing everything necessary to find success as a specialist at the highest level. Coach Brett Arkellian combined over 10 years of experience as a player and coach with countless hours of research to develop this handbook of the greatest collection of proven technique tips used by college and NFL specialists and coaches all in one place. It includes approximately 200 pages of technique tips, uh, specialist basics of punting, long snapping, field goals, kickoffs, and holding, crucial tips for becoming the most mentally strong player on the field, organized practice schedules for in-season and off-season so you don't overkick, guides to physical training, stretches, workouts, weight room exercises, drills, and more, focus guidance from special teams coaches, recruiting advice, full color photographs and diagrams. The Kicker's Bible is a must have for both players and coaches at every level who want to access the information essential to perform and teach at the best of their ability. Go to icemankicking.com right now to get your copy. All right, welcome specialists, coaches, uh, dads of kickers, moms of punters, relatives of long snappers, uh, dogs that shag kickoffs. This is the Iceman Kicking Podcast. Now, the reason, whole reason I started this and I did this uh, is really to just shed some light for specialists. Uh, my mission is to create a culture of specialists that have great character and do things the right way. Now, what disappoints me is non-fact-based and popular beliefs that are incorrect. Something that's way bigger than myself and that's so viscerally important to me is providing facts and the correct way to do things. The reason that I do this is because this is something I would have loved to learn uh, when I was a young specialist trying to comprehend how to kick without any resources or connections to professionals. Now, the reason that you're listening to this is you're like me. You're hungry for more knowledge and ready to learn. Uh, the reason that I'm so confident in the things that I talk about is I have talked to the best in the game, uh, ex-NFL specialists, SEC coaches, uh, all about technique and how they do things. And it's really empowered me and, and given me, I want to give a platform uh, to get it out there to everyone else. But you know the old coach's proverb, when you think you know it all, that's where you're doomed to fail. So that's why we're going to have some of the uh, best guests as far as special teams and specialists on here to talk some ball. Now, a little bit about myself. My passion has always been football, specifically college football. Uh, I can remember from an early age on Sundays uh, in between halftimes of NFL games, going out with my brother and my dad and playing tackle football. So a little bit about me. I grew up in Clovis, California, okay, uh, right near Fresno, which is one of the largest cities, I think the fifth largest cities in California. Grew up a, a Fresno State Bulldog fan. We would go to the uh, tunnel down at good old Bulldog Stadium and berate other team players and tell the refs how they suck. Um, I grew up 
not a very big kid. Uh, I always wanted to play football. However, I was always too small. My parents told me I could not. Um, when I got into high school, uh, the football team at my high school, Buchanan High School in Clovis, California, said they had an opening for a kicker the next season. It was actually Coach Kemp, who's our baseball PE coach, said, hey, let's have a, a kicking competition. And uh, me and two other kids won. We backed up to like 40, 45 yards. And they told us, you know, you guys really need to go out there and kick next year. Now, he really wasn't talking to me. He was really talking to the other kids. But I had that passion, and I was like, a chance to play football, I'm in. Um, so this podcast is really for the kids that, you know, all specialists out there, but really for the kids, you know, that were like me. In high school, they can make over a 50-yard field goal. Uh, they may not have supportive coaches or parents that were there for them. Uh, you know, maybe they did have supportive parents. You know those those days, and I love my family, I love my parents, but there's definitely some times when you're out with your dad kicking, uh, you're just having a rough day, okay? You're hitting line drive, duck. I mean, that rotation looks like it's just been blasted out of the air, right? You can't figure out what's going on. Your dad goes, come on, man, what's what's going on? Figure it out. And you're pissed off too. You're yelling back, I know, I'm trying, I'm trying to. Tears are starting to run down your eyes. We've all been there, okay? This is to help you, uh, dads, moms, parents, this is to help you too. You can be uh, your son or daughter's uh, kicking coach uh, moving forward. Um, and that's what I'm, I'm really trying to do is just help educate, okay? Uh, being self-aware in this business is one of the best things you can be. Believe me, I do not believe I am an expert uh, in any way. But what, one thing I do excel in is I believe I'm great uh, at having being very passionate about learning. I that's my I take pride in one of my best things about me is that uh, I'd, I'd like to be a sponge. Okay, I'm going to talk to the best in the game and I'm trying to absorb. So I'm going to be great at absorb, absorbing as much information as I can. My goal one day is to become a uh, special teams coordinator at the Power Five level or a NFL special teams QC that works with specialists. I have a lot of influences. Uh, that have really led me to this point. Um, when you talk about a kicking aspect, David Akers, Shane Graham are two of the greats that had more than 15 years each in the NFL and set records. Uh, as far as specialists in the NFL right now, look up to Justin Tucker, Will Lutz, Jason Myers, uh, punter Sam Cook, Johnny Hecker, Thomas Morstead, Rigoberto Sanchez is a phenomenally talented punter that I played against uh, Morgan Cox as far as long snappers so a, a wide base of specialists that I really love to dissect their film and go over as far as coaches I've had some great coaches in my life uh, one of the great coaches that have led me to where I'm at today which is the uh, special teams quality control coach at Marshall University is Jordan Hankins uh, coach Hankins was a mainstay at UT Martin Tennessee Martin where I played at and I'll talk about a little bit going forward. Um, but just a phenomenal coach, a great mind uh, in special teams and in defense. Um, as far as a podcast perspective, I was trained under Brian Jackson, who's a rep in the South out of Alabama. Their fourth down podcast along with Chris Hughesby is one of the motivations be, 
or inspirations behind this. And um, they do a great job training kickers all throughout the South and the North. So if you're a specialist looking for a great camp that's affordable, absolutely go check them out. Um, and then just from a local perspective, Armin Teregan in Fresno and Walter Hicks uh, were two guys that really got me passionate about the game and, and really motivated me to get to where I'm at. Um, so a little bit about my playing career and my coaching career. I started out uh, at Buchanan High School, um, was not really a standout small kid. I like to say that I was, I was very average in everything that I did in high school. Uh, average GPA, average athlete, you know, it was a big school. It's a division one school, which is the biggest in California. Um, but I, I never really put up big numbers. I went to a community college, uh, Fresno city college, which, you know, a lot of my friends, uh, when last chance you came out, they, they sent that to me and they said, you know, this reminds me of, of your journey. I went to a community college and it was really like an equipment manager. I got, um, was was planning on becoming the starting kicker all throughout the summer and worked my butt off in about four weeks before the first game. Uh, Coach Caviglia, who does a great job at Fresno City, came up to me and he said, hey, uh, we got this guy that's transferring in. Uh, he kicked three field goals last year against Oregon. Uh, he's going to be the starting kicker. And I was like, who is this kid? It turned out to be Quentin Brashears, who is a kicker at Fresno State and had quit and decided he was coming back and he wanted to try again. And uh, to me, that was one of the best things that's ever happened to me was to be able to learn under him at Fresno City, uh, learn how to carry yourself as a specialist. One of the great things that Quentin told me and taught me was always be helpful to the other teammates. You're a kicker. Your workouts, your practice schedule is not anywhere near as strenuous as the other players on the team. Go help when there's when people need help. And just, just to how to block out distractions. He used to not even use his phone during game week. Uh, that way he could avoid distractions in the game. So um, there's a lot that I learned there at Fresno City. Uh, but it was really, a, I was redshirted and was really an equipment manager uh, that first season. I ended up going to Brian Jackson's camp uh, in LA. And off of that camp, I received a scholarship opportunity to attend the Lincoln University the first historically black college in the United States. Now, for those of you that don't know what an HBCU is, absolutely look it up. Uh, Lincoln University was one of the one of my favorite experiences, especially with this climate and everything that's going on and all the change. Um, HBCUs are a, a staple of the past. There's so much tradition. Lincoln's located about 45 minutes south of Philly uh, in Pennsylvania. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made. I do remember it being an HBCU. There was about 10 other white kids and about 2,000 black students. And I remember walking in there the first day in the cafeteria and everyone just staring at me. And I was like, okay, this is what it feels like to be a minority. But everyone was more than welcoming. Um, I met some of my best friends for life there. And uh, I had a great time. Um, I've definitely struggled the first year I was at Lincoln. It was a big adjustment being a kid from California and moving to the other coast. And uh, Lincoln was a new program, newish at the time, been around for about eight, 10 years. So it was a little bit of a struggle. We had a rough, rough uh, first, rough two years I was there. The second season though, I really rebounded. 
uh, under Coach Herb Pickens. Uh, set uh, a few school records there. Uh, had the longest punt in the nation uh, for a while. It was an 80-yard punt uh, in 2015, I believe. Uh, had the best field goal percentage in school history, about 89%, uh, and most made field goals in a season. I believe I was about eight for nine that uh, sophomore year. So after that, I graduated uh, with my undergrad, and I started looking to play at a Division One school, and I knew that would be my opportunity. I'd really started out as a kicker in high school, and not being that tall, I'm about 5'9", 5'10", on a good day. Um, you know, I thought kicking was going to be my only way to become a specialist. However, one thing that I would offer to young specialists, do as much as you can. Kick, punt, do kickoffs, hold. Okay, because those are going to be opportunities to get you a spot. The only reason I went to Lincoln University was they needed someone who could do all three. They had seen me punt two punts at Brian's camp. And they said, can you punt? And I said, well, I've never punted in a game, just in camps. I said, go ahead, you know, come on, it'll be easy. It was, uh, to say the least, not easy. But that second season, uh, by about the seventh or eighth game, I was averaging about 43 yards a punt. Uh, ended up going through some injuries and no excuses to be made, but ended up about 39 yards a punt. Uh, so I ended up getting a, a full-ride scholarship opportunity. I'd called up a ton of Division One schools, and really the only one that answered was Coach Hankins there at UT Martin. And he said, all right, come out to Martin and we'll have a tryout. So I flew. Uh, and one of the things I have to say is, is thank your parents um, for everything that they do and their support. I would not be here where I am at today without my mom and my dad, Craig and Denise Arkelian. Um It's uh, overwhelming sometimes how, how supportive they have been of me and my dreams. And they were very closed off to me going to school across the nation, but um, they uh, ended up, you know, giving me an opportunity. I was definitely in debt uh, taking that scholarship. It was about a 25% scholarship, about $6,000, had to pay 20 grand out of pocket. And that opportunity uh, allowed me to move on to bigger and better things. So I flew in from Philly to Memphis. My dad flew in from LA to Memphis. And uh, we ended up driving up to UT Martin. I remember getting in that stadium, looking around. Martin has about a 7,000, 8,000 seat stadium, but it was so much bigger than any stadium I'd been in at the Division II level. And uh, just thinking, man, like this is it. Like this is a big time school. Um, I had a pretty good tryout. It was pretty good directionally, and they really needed a punter. I uh, kicked some field goals too. And Coach Hankins sat me down. And he goes, Well, Brett, uh, you're my guy. And, uh, kind of just lost it right there a little bit teared up and, and he told me they'd be getting a full scholarship offer actually in the discussion I never told coach Hankins this but I told him you know he goes what's it going to take for you to get here and uh, I've been talking to a lot of good D2s in Texas and I obviously didn't really want to go there actually the school I, I had a walk-on opportunity in Texas there's about seven specialists already on the roster, and they said, you wouldn't even be invited to fall camp. You could come in when school starts. But uh, when Coach Hankins said that, I needed some, some uh, you know, leverage there. So I said, I don't know, Coach. This, this Division Two in Texas is a pretty well-known program, and uh, I think they, uh, they want me pretty bad. And he said, well, you've already done that route. We're going to get you here. So, And I'm so glad that he did. I had great experiences. We got to go to Hawaii for a week. 
Uh, my first game was in Cincinnati. It was a great experience and also played a few SEC schools. Uh, so it was a great experience. After that, I ended up uh, GAing at UT Martin, uh, coached for two years uh, in Nashville High School. Uh, and after getting my master's at uh, UT Martin, taught world history uh, in Nashville. And uh, then uh, this spring, I ended up calling a bunch of coaches. So every spring as a coach, even a high school coach or a GA, I hit up as many special teams coaches I, I could find. This is uh, some advice for you young special teams coaches. And uh, just want to sit down and talk ball. I was able to sit down with about six SEC coaches, uh, a ton of great coaches in the South here, and sit and talk. Uh, also, my book at the time was was around, so that got me some – uh, great connections, but also um, some interviews uh, that I'm truly happy for. So this spring, I was hitting up a ton of coaches. And of course, I wanted to talk to Coach Hankins, who had moved on to Marshall University, because uh, in my eyes, he's one of the best special teams minds out there. Just wanted to sit down and talk some ball. You know, I didn't really want anything from him or an interview. I just wanted to uh, learn from him. And he said, look, we've got this opportunity. Uh, make up your mind. It's It's now or never. So uh, just the opportunity to work with him and for him. And, and then at a storied university like Marshall University, a great head coach, uh, Doc Holliday, who's fantastic and uh, a very great staff, um, was, uh, was awesome. It was, it was everything I've, I've ever hoped for. So um, that's where I'm at as far as uh, coaching. Um, here's something I want to talk to you guys about today. Um, my goal is to have as many specialists and special teams coaches on here. We're going to have some great guests. Uh, but today I want to talk to you about an aspect of special teams and specialists that I think is so overlooked. And that's the mental aspect of the game. So many kickers, uh, they think just a strong leg can get you, uh, into the NFL or, you know, just being a, a big time, you know, a snapper who throws a 0.65 every time, you know, will get you there. Now that might get you a shot for sure, but staying somewhere and continued success to me all comes from the mental aspect. Two of the biggest things I look for in specialists uh, in recruiting and just in general uh, talking to specialists, is how do they handle failure? And that to me, that's everything uh, in life is how do you handle failure or bad circumstances, okay? Um, a lot of people handle it differently. Uh, those who cannot handle failure, okay, they quit and they fold. They have their head down, they walk off the field. One time I watched my buddy, Quentin Brashears, who had, after Fresno City, after Fresno State, had gone on transfer to Washington State, had a great year with Washington State, the score was 60 to 59. It was against Cal uh, while he's at Washington State. I believe it was in 2015. Um, last second field goal from the 19 yard line, right hash. And Quinton goes out there and it was a, it was a viral video. Um, and I, I thought this can't be good. And he pushed the ball right from 19 yards, which Coach Walter Hicks would tell me that's the hardest field goal you can ever hit. Horrible angle. Okay. If you missed a 19-yard field goal to win the game at Cal, the fans went absolutely crazy. 
oh, yeah, just losing it, right? Because they thought they were going to lose the game. And Quinn missed the field goal. You might cry, right? You might mope and throw your helmet and have a fit, right? Quinton misses a kick, and they, you know, as they always do when you miss, they zoom in on his face, and he just runs unaffected, head up off the field at the end of the game. I, I couldn't believe that, the way he responded. And I, I called him after and I asked him, I said, how did you respond like that? Or why, why would you run like that? And his response was, it's all about how you handle failure. I had a, uh, the only thing you can do in that situation is hold your head high and run off the field. You're going to get another shot. You can't let that one affect you. And to me, that stayed with me uh, throughout my whole career. And it shaped who I am as a person. Um, the other thing about your mentality and approach to the game is your preparation. Uh, I was never one of the biggest, uh, strongest, most athletically talented specialists, but I did believe my hard work and my mentality created su success for me. Uh, the first four games uh, of each of my seasons uh, were all nationally televised games. Uh, two of them were the Battle of the First at Lincoln against Cheney University in 2014-2015 uh, with UT Martin. Uh, it was at Cincinnati uh, that 2016 season on a nationally televised game. And in 2017, it was against Ole Miss um, SEC game. And specifically, I remember the Ole Miss game uh, was the first SEC team I'd ever played. And I was – beyond nervous to to say that I wasn't uh you know not scared but just very nervous to play in front of 70,000 fans would be a lie um but my big thing was meditation I'd taken a meditation or a yoga class at Fresno City College in 2014 and the biggest thing that I learned from that yoga class was mental imagery okay um, visualizing success and seeing yourself walk into that stadium see yourself type your cleats go out there for warm-ups right you're at the at midfield your team's doing a prayer you're looking around the stadium the countless uh stands there that are not filled by anyone yet but you know they will be in a matter of hours okay you go back in you see yourself warming up hitting great balls you can see the weather you see the other team warming up come back in uh, getting dressed putting your shoulder pads on all right a national anthem, being able to visualize all that stuff. So when you get in that situation, you feel like you've been there before. To me, my first games of, of all those seasons were some of my best games because I spent all summer meditating and mentally visual, visualizing what I was going to do and the success I was going to have. Um, with Ole Miss, uh, I had a pretty good game. Average about 42 yards a punt and, uh, held uh, future Tennessee Titan A.J. Brown to about two, two return yards. So pretty happy about that. We're up 16-10 uh, at halftime, but uh, s some dumb idiot punter uh, hit the back of his shield, uh, resulting in a 24-yard punt and giving uh, future Michigan quarterback Shea Patterson the opportunity to take the ball from his own 46. They scored in about two plays and after that, they went 24 unanswered. We ended up losing about 48-24 or something like that. So, But I did feel, even though I'd screwed that up, uh, I 
felt that I was mentally prepared uh, for the situation at hand. I think that has a lot to do with um, success as a specialist. When I think about uh, mentality, uh, a quote from ex-NFL punter Greg Montgomery, he was an all-pro with the Houston Oilers in 1994, um, comes to mind about ANTs. ANTs are automatic negative thoughts, all right? All athletes, actually all humans, uh, Montgomery says, experience ANTs or a feeling of anxiety and doubt before or during a significant event in their lives. This could be the Super Bowl, a surgery, or a first date. It is the elite athlete's job to train their brains so that they put themselves in the best position to be successful. They learn to control the feelings of nervousness and anxiety by understanding how their brains work and by using meditation and mental imagery. Okay, uh, I can tell you from personal experience, I use that recently, you know, with all the crazy stuff that's going on right now, uh, COVID, um, I had to get tested uh, when I came back uh, to Marshall and uh, I had heard some horror stories. I don't know what, if you guys have been tested, but taking a long Q-tip and shoving it into your brain does not sound too fun. So going in, I expected the worst. It's kind of what I always do. Uh, even got to uh, talking to some people and they said, yeah, I, there's something wrong with my nose. Anyone's going to have a surgery on it. And uh, I got tested and just my nose exploded with blood. Like it was like a uh, killing uh, scene there. So I was pretty freaked out. And to say the least, uh, my mom's a nurse. She goes, yeah, um, people will take it and jam it in there and just blood will just be all right. I even wore a black shirt. I was like, I'm not messing. I'm not going to ruin my good shirt um, to get tested. However, uh, the whole night before, the morning before, I made sure I meditated just to bring, bring my uh, breathing down and just let myself know that it was going to be okay. I was very calm and relaxed when I went to get tested. Uh, team doc was great. He said, uh, you, have you done this before? I said, no, I haven't done it before. He goes, well, it's not actually going in your brain, right? It's going in your throat. Uh, I actually record a video. Let's see if you guys can see this of the test. Uh, he put it about halfway in my nose. Uh, Let's see. I don't know what's going to work with the uh, background. Let's see. Anyway, uh, I could play the audio for you guys, but uh, he does get pretty far deep in there with the uh, Q-tip and uh, was not as bad as I expected. Not even eye-watering. Now, uh, we do have a kicker here at Marshall University, and he, uh, you know, had some eye-watering going on, and I uh, – clown him a bit for that but uh yeah i was i was fine so that's where mental imagery and meditation uh helps um one thing that uh i've always respected and from a preparation aspect is is the mental part of it but also uh warm-ups and and preparing for a game uh shane graham is is someone that i look to as one of the best um, special teams coaches out right now. Uh, he's with the University of Florida and will no doubt be in the NFL in, in a matter of years. Uh, he had a 15-year career uh, with most notably the Bengals for about six years, and he jumped around. He's played on almost every single team. Uh, but one thing he said to me that stuck with me is, uh, I always treat my warm-up as a game and not something to get me loose. You'll see some guys that are out there just – 
kicking away, they'll feel good. They start kicking 40, 50 balls. That wasn't him, okay? Uh, he saw a full stadium every time he swung his leg, and he had a purpose behind his swing. And he knew there was a flagpole uh, sitting behind one of the uh, goalposts on his nose steps. And he knew if he wasn't uh, doing his nose steps correctly, uh, that he was going and he didn't hit that flagpole, he wasn't very prepared. Uh, he'd have to go back and uh, reset. There's a place on the net where he always hit his nose steps and one steps. Uh, and that's one thing I think young specialists need to learn is just to not overkick. I mean, you can be having a good bad day, just like I talked about. You're out there with your dad and uh, things are getting rough. Believe me, I've been there. You just you can't seem to figure out your plant foot or your your ankle's not locked out in any kick, and just every single kick is just getting you more and more down. And Shane's biggest thing is he'll stop what he's doing, go back to his warm-ups, and start over again. Uh, I think that's so great is to reset your mind. It's less about your body and physically uh, how you're feeling, but reset your mind. Go back to your warm-ups. Go hit your no-steps, your no-step taps, your one-steps, and just get rewarmed up again. Because, uh, you know, if you're having some bad kicks, uh, it's nothing. It's not going to do anything but tire your leg out. Remember, as specialists, okay, we're just like a pitcher in baseball. And coaches, what I mean by that is you got a pitch count, okay? Uh, you can only have so many uh, kicks, so many throws uh, as a pitcher until your arm is just going to be worn out. And especially with a long season, especially – if you're a kickoff and a field goal guy, kickoff and a punt guy, you're going to start to see real repercussions if you do not limit your kicks. Now, one thing I love to do uh, instead of that is to do no, uh, no steps or dry runs. Um, uh, things that break down your swing, drills that break down your swing, but also uh, they do not wear your body out. So that's something you can do, and we'll get way more into that uh, in future episodes but I'm going to stick with the mentality here. Okay, like I talked about before, um, one of the biggest things uh, I think is important is to how to respond to a bad kick or how to respond to a failure. Um, I have a section about this and all the mental parts. You can find it in the Kicker's Bible uh, under the mentality, uh, weather and recruiting section, or also just in the main book. The, the main book has everything, but... Um, the kickers or the um, mini series has the chapters broken up into their own books. Um, one of the things you can use uh, to come back from a failure, all right, or a bad snap or bad kick, is self-talk. Okay, there's two different self-talks. There's good self-talk and there's bad self-talk. Okay, good self-talk is reminding yourself how to be successful and how successful you've been in the past. Okay how many times you've done this and how one rep does not define you again uh, Shane Graham to me is is one of the great minds especially mentally in this game uh his thing is he'd have a highlight role of himself okay almost 20 different kicks of his best kicks uh, on his iPad when he was in the NFL and he would watch that before every game and especially if he was struggling to remind himself hey you've done this before and you're one of the best in the world at doing it uh, I think to me that is so important. Um, and then definitely watching your best kick. Uh, have that on a, a, a huddle highlights 
that you can go back and watch when you're struggling. Um, you know, forget about your last bad rep and remember that that doesn't define you. I think so many young guys get stuck on one rep and then the whole thing tanks. Don't dwell on the past. Uh, every kick is a new kick. So take it one kick at a time. Once you are done later that day, you're going to go watch film. You're going to go back and just understand that you're going to correct everything. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, remember that everyone, everyone, Adam Vinatieri, okay, Justin Tucker, these guys are 90% or some of the best kickers to ever play in the league. They have bad days too. What sets them apart is how they respond, okay? They'll, they'll break down, they'll restart. Um, they don't dwell on the fact that uh, they had a bad day kicking. Um, there's also bad self-talk though. Bad self-talk is untrained, all right? It's very wild. Uh, you're in your own feelings. You'll see this a lot at the high school level, okay? It's losing confidence after one kick, okay? As I've said before, you could have an NFL Hall of Famer, but if you are distracted by one kick, uh, you're going to struggle. And in the NFL, it's you can't have a bad day. You can't have a day where you miss two or three kicks, no matter if they're from 50-plus or have two or three snaps that are off. You're going to get cut. Um, you must finish your workout or your practice day the best that you can. One thing that I tell my specialists, and that I had to remind myself, especially being a small guy, um, you might see other specialists uh, crushing kickoffs at the back of the end zone, and you start to try to become something you're not. And what you're not is maybe a big leg guy, maybe you're a directional guy, okay? You're good at being accurate. Uh, you're good at having hang time. But that pursuit of trying to be something that you're not um, is going to get you out of your game. And in the end, it's going to ruin you. Uh, the biggest thing you can do when you're struggling is believe in yourself. Uh, one thing uh, that I have really believed in uh, is meditation. We talked about that briefly. Um, to me, meditation uh, has been big. And a lot of people may do this in different types of forms. Uh, a lot of prayer I believe is, is meditation uh, where it's saying something over and over in your mind to calm yourself. My mom likes to pray a lot. My grandma likes to pray a lot. To me, I believe that's their meditation. I use different apps at like a guided meditation. Uh, in, in when I was coaching and teaching high school, I made my specialist during the uh, homeroom period come in and I'd turn off all the lights and uh, we'd sit there and meditate for 30 minutes on game days. But really what it does is, is it, it calms yourself and blocks out all those negative worries. I use a uh, simple habit uh, to fall asleep a lot of the time just to, to meditate. Uh, it's the action of practicing mindfulness or concentrating someone's, uh, your mind for an amount of time. There's a lot of different methods. Some are chanting, some are totally silent, uh, some are religious, and others are spiritual. But most use meditation to promote a state of relaxation. All the advice um, that we just talked about, you need to have mental awareness and discipline. And without those two things, you'll have a tough time of refocusing after your setbacks. Uh, meditation and mental energy are great techniques for training yourself to stay calm and positive in any situation. I'm going to talk you guys through a basic meditation 
exercise that you can do right now while you're at home, okay? Make sure you're sitting down in a chair or you can lie down in your bed or your floor, whatever's comfortable to you, okay? If you're sitting in a chair, make sure you sit up straight. Uh, you focus your gaze on a point uh, in front of you. Once you're in a comfortable position, I want you to let every part of your body relax, including your mind. Now, if you're laying down, I want you to take your hands, put them on your chest, and just follow your breath. Breathe in for four seconds. Hold for two seconds. Breathe out for four seconds. Breathe in for four seconds. Hold for two seconds. Breathe out. The longer you can breathe out, the better. If you're sitting, I want you to feel like you're, you yourself are melting into your chair. Keep your legs uncrossed. Let them dangle loosely. If you're lying down, release the tension in your legs and pretend that they're falling through the bed or the floor. Now, the longer you do this, I want you to feel as if your body is rising to the ceiling. Feel yourself as if a tie is pulling you up through your chest. A string is pulling you through your navel, through the ceiling. Once you turn and look down at your own body, lying there, lifelessly, eyes closed. Keep maintaining that breath in for four seconds, hold for two, breathe out for four. This is the mindset that you want to have as a specialist going into a game. Every other football player is trying to get amped up in order to hit somebody as hard as he can for us we are locked in and we're focused on our job. I want to thank you for being here with me today. I can't wait to get our guests on in the next couple of weeks. I want you to have a blessed day. And if you like this information, go to icemankicking.com and purchase the Kicker's Bible, where there's a whole chapter on mentality and meditation. God bless. Have a great night.